On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. This is One on One with Mitch LaFond, the podcast where the rockers talk, part of the Talking Metal Digital Podcasting Network. Now, here's your host, Mitch LaFond. Welcome to One on One with Mitch LaFond. Joining me on this episode is original Guns N' Roses drummer Stephen Adler. We talk about his mom's, Deanna's new book, Sweet Child of Mine, How I Lost My Son to Guns N' Roses. We also talk about his recent times with the band, all of which, when taken within context, are very, very positive. I know some news sites will pick up on this interview and decontextualize quotes to make them salacious, but please... Out of respect for Stephen, the band, and myself, I ask that you not do that. Please keep things in context and avoid being trash reporting. And of course, remember that I do own the copyright to the material contained in this interview. And with that, here is the one, the only, Stephen Adler. We are speaking with one of the greatest (laughs) drummers of the 80s and 90s, the one and only Stephen Adler, of course, famously in Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Uh, Stephen, it is always a great pleasure to talk to you. And um, let, let, let's, um, <laughs> let, let's just start off with, you know, how are you doing these days physically? We, we've read about heart attacks, and we've read about this, and we've read about that. And No, okay, you read, read, don't believe everything you read. Okay. I never had a heart attack. In 1994, I was shooting cocaine. And I ha- I ha- I gave myself a mild stroke, but it ju- it affected my speech. But once I started working with Dr. Drew on that celebrity rehab, he brought in a speech therapist, and he helped me uh, learn basically learn how to talk again. I mean, I'm not the greatest yet, but I'm a hell of a lot better than I was. <laughs> and physically, I've never been better. Like me and my brother, you know, been going to the gym. Actually, this morning, me and my mom and my brother went to the gym and you know i do the treadmill for 30 minutes this is some rock music and i just feel great you know it's a good way to start the day off that and i've been been practicing uh the four agreement is a book by juan uh, miguel ruiz and four agreements are be impeccable with your words which means without sin impeccable means without sin don't take things personal don't make assumptions and always do your best. No more, no less. And number five is actually be aware of being aware. And I can't believe that a book, which is so easy to read, it's like a, a Dr. Seuss book. It's like Sesame Street. It's so easy to read and understand. And, I, and a book has changed my life. And that's what's incredible. That and the playing. I practice every day because I love to play. Yeah, yeah, and I know been... the GNR. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I just I was gonna say I've seen those videos online where you're doing, um, you could be mine, which is a song that you know on the album, whatever you weren't on, and and yeah. you sounded great. So, 
So sort of just quickly. Because I am great, God damn it. Can't <laughs> be great and not know it. <laughs> no, but you're right. No, but you want to see me play. I, 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 when I went to Argentina with the guys last about three months ago last year, um, I only got to play one song each show. So uh, some friends of mine, uh, Pablo and Chino, they're, um, they're uh, promoters out there, and they have a club called the Roxy. So after the second show, um, they got a bunch of like really big musicians and even the guitar, but I got the guitar player who opened for GNR in Argentina. His band was so great. I wish I could think of it, but he was kicking ass. Put it this way. This guy was so good that Slash went out to watch him play. He went right into his dressing room and started fucking practicing. So when they were done playing, I asked the guy, I says, I'm doing this show at the Roxy. Uh, come down and can you come down and play a few songs with me? So we, I had a show at the Roxy in Argentina, and we played for like from like two two to um, two to five in the morning, and I played all those songs that I didn't get to record on on uh, Losing Records. You know, Don't Cry, Back Off, Bitch, You Could Be Mine, and The Heaven's Door, but that's not GNR. But uh, you could go on YouTube, everybody. Who, who listens to this yeah. in their interview, you can go on YouTube and check it out. I, I already have checked it out. on StevenAdlerArt.com. And if anybody's interested, it's called Rhythm on Canvas. And I I basically, I play each song from Appetite and, and uh, Civil War, which I played in, the, you know, in Argentina too. Right. And we made 50 prints of them. And... I only got, I think there's like like 50 prints of each one, and I think there's only like 75 left. So if anybody's interested in getting a piece of, you know, GNR memorabilia of me playing the songs, you go, like I said, you go on the, the website, stevenadlerart.com, and you check it out. There's only a few left, and we're not making no more. And of course, I have my book, you know, My Appetite for Destruction. And my mom. Let's get to my yeah, mom. That, that's why you're calling today. Um, it is, of course, Sweet Child of Mine by Deanna Adler. Um, I am sweet. Yeah, I can, I, I, I can agree <laughs> to that. Uh, tell me a little bit about your reaction when your mom, because, you know, I've spoken to your mom, and she said oh, over the last 30 years, she, she's been writing down these notes and, and thoughts and ideas and disappointments and, and great compliments and... When she comes to you and says, okay, I'm going to release this stuff, because it's very personal, were you like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, wait a minute, mommy. No, no, no. Let's not. Or, no, or, not okay. at all, okay. dude. I was like, good for you. You know, and I like that she's been keeping notes. Everybody should write about their life. I think everybody should write a book. I mean, maybe not going to publish, but write a book about your life. And you get, once you do something like that, like when I wrote my book, it was this huge weight lifted off of me, you know, because there's, you know, I talked about like when I was like 13, I used to hang out at, at rock clubs, you know, hanging out with people in places I shouldn't be. But when I was 13, I thought I was 23, which most kids probably do. But, you know, um, where I got, I was drugged and sexually molested. And, you know, it was once I said that out loud and got that out of my system, it was like, holy shit. And then so many people have come up to me and saying, you know, how they have been open, able to open up about it and how they feel better. So writing about your life, it's like 
think. Get it out. Great, the good and the bad, and you get out of your system and you move forward. So yeah. I'm proud of her for doing that. That, and plus she kept notes of everything, and I don't remember shit, you know, because of the drugs and alcohol. I don't remember the 90s. The hell happened then? I couldn't tell you, but my mom could. <laughs> were there she some, wrote about it. <laughs> were there some things that you look back and went, really, I, I did that? Really? I, I, of course. Oh, my God. If they had cell phones with video recorders on it, I would be in serious shit. Because the things I did, you know, it wasn't until later on before I got sober that my wife would film me. And I, because, you know, I, I come to the next day and, and she would say, you did this and you did that. I can't, what the hell? And this and that. And I said, I did not do any of those things. And she's like, oh, yeah? And she shows me the video. I'm like, oh, shit, I did do that. I got a problem. I got to work on that. I think everybody should film it. If anybody has an addict or alcoholic in their family, film them. Well, they're getting fucked up. Yeah. And the next day is you. And trust me, it is eye-opener. Yeah, it really is. Now, let me ask you about this, because you get a sense through the book that the relationship at times with your mom was difficult and that at times she... I don't want to. I don't want to say disappointed. Let's say, say she, she say felt it. a little bit overwhelmed, I guess, with the whole situation because, and she told me herself that when you have a family member that's a drug addict, it's the dirty little secret. But when your family member is in Guns and Roses and a million people know it, it's sort of a source of embarrassment. Everybody's like, "Oh, there's the mom who has," you know. How? how did, <laughs> right? I mean, how was that for you, well, knowing that you've put your mom through that? If that's a, if that's a even a polite way to say it, but was there guilt going, oh, you know, Mom, I'm sorry I put you through this, or was it like, listen, it, it is what it is, man. What do you want me to do? Well, hey, you know what? I'm very sorry I put her through it, because obviously, you know, when when you drink and do drugs, uh, you're not the same person you are when you're sober, and of course I'm very sorry for what I did, but it is what it is. You know, if I, I mean, I, I like millions of people, I, I, I say now that I'm 52, I say to myself, shit, I really wish I knew then what I know now. That's how it goes. Yep. It is. But like with the GNR thing, you think I don't want to be a part of it? You think Izzy doesn't want to be a part of it? We want to do it right. But we have to re come to the, the reality. And the fact is, it is what it is. Yeah. And, well, okay, well, and, I'm not, and I have no more resentment. You know, closure. I, I want to ask you and about that. And my mom has closure with her book. Writing this book, all those things that I heard her in the past and her watching me go through. I mean, I didn't do it because I, I would wake up in the morning and go, what can I do to fuck with my mother today? How can I hurt her? Of course not. But it is what it is. But now that she wrote this book and she got her feelings out, she has grown so much and this the weight of all that anxiety and, and, and depression and sadness, now that she wrote it, it's out of her system and she can move forward. And everybody should do that. Write their own life and get yeah. that. The only thing that matters about the past is yesterday. Did I do anything that today I have to apologize or make amends or be ashamed about? No. So it's a beautiful fucking day, as far as I'm concerned. And that's that. Yeah, and you know... That's the only thing that matters about the past. Everything that I did, my grandfather... I, I, I remember when I, I gave my grandfather, my, uh, my grandparents, uh, my first gold and platinum record. 
And I gave it to my grandpa, and this is my joker grandpa. I gave it to him. I said, Dad, Grandpa, look, I, I'm successful. I'm famous now. And he says to me, that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee. Okay? <laughs> That's what it is. Okay? Yeah. What I did, I'm, I'm so proud of. I'm so thankful. I mean, I'm proud of what the five of us did. I mean, most people, 99.9% musicians, do not get to fulfill their dreams. And I was one of the blessed lucky ones. And plus, I got to be with some of the greatest musicians and greatest people. I mean, me and Slash, we grew up together. I know since we were 12, 13 years old. I couldn't ask, I couldn't have prayed or asked God personally to grow up with a coolest friend, you know, who was just so so great guy. And 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 still is, of course. Yeah. Well, okay, let let me just, let me go back in time, just not too long back in time, but July of last year, you're out in Cincinnati, that you're flown in, yes. and you appear on stage, you do Out to Get Me, My Michelle, the first time since 1990, so or, quick math, or 26 years or whatever. Um, yeah. What was that like? You know, if you can just bring me back, you know, the, the days before, you know, July 1st, July 2nd, you know you're going to have, you're on a plane, you know you're going to be doing this, you know you've done the rehearsal, you know that they're going to call yeah. you out. What was that like to finally go, okay, here we are? It was, thank you, God, for this beautiful present. I've been playing Appetite, uh, Lies, Use Your Illusion, and the songs, you know, that obviously I didn't get to play on in Use Your Illusion. I was practicing them. I was playing 25 songs I was practicing twice a day for two years. So I was like, because once I found out we were gonna, this was going to probably happen, I was like, yes, I'm going to be ready and on top of it. And the second rehearsal, I hurt my back, and I had to have a minor surgery um, where I had a pinched nerve in the L4. And within an hour, I was out of the hospital, and I was all better. And I thought they were going to let me come back, but it didn't happen, and I was resentful. And then I started reading the four agreements, and I talked to my sponsor, and I was all, okay, you're right. You know, no, I'm not going to give him resentment. And then they called me. I was like, holy shit, here it comes. This is going to be so awesome. I'm still smiling about it. I have dreams about it. My wife goes, what are you smiling about? You're sleeping and you're smiling. I go, I was on stage in front of 70,000 people with Clash and Duff and Axel. I just wish Izzy was there, but I was like, shit, I got to do it. Thank you, God. Because I wanted it for, like you said, 26 years. All I did every day was, please, God, let this happen. Let this happen. I want to play for, with them again. I want to do this. I want the fans. I mean, for 26 years, every time I go out, people, not just one or two, but five, six, ten people, especially when I do shows, it's hundreds. When are you going to get back together? And I wish I could say it would have been, well, we would have never broke up if I had to say. And if you, people think that I got kicked out of Guns N' Roses for doing drugs, they are so mistaken, okay? Everybody in that band was doing drugs. I was doing less than anybody. I got kicked out of the band, and Izzy got kicked out of the band, and then Sasha Duffet was because Axel wanted to take control of everything. He wanted to own the name. He wanted to be the only person who gets paid for the songs. He wanted, you know, to, he wanted to be the manager, the accountant, and everything when all he needs to do 
is get up there and sing like a motherfucker that he does. But he wanted to own and control everything. Like like Elton John. He wanted to be like Elton John or Billy Joel. You know, that's where the whole piano thing came in. He wants to be a piano man, and which is cool, but that's not Guns N' Roses. You should leave Guns N' Roses the way it is, and then you do solo albums like all musicians and other bands do. But, you know, that's what he wanted to do, and that's what happened. So I was the first to go because was, I was the easiest one. I was the nicest guy. They tricked me. They had me sign some contract with my lawyer there at the office. And I was completely sick at the time. Um, and they had me sign all the colored paper clips. And I had no idea. I was signing my rights away, the rights to the name, my royalties. They wanted to basically give me $2,000, throw me in the street. And thank God my mom, you know, realized what went, what happened and she got a lawyer for me and thank God everything got taken care of. But, you know, like we said before, it is what it is. It is. I have no more resentment. If I had resentment, resentment is like rocket fuel and a match. You light that match, it's going to get messy and really ugly. So I stay sober it just doesn't move the conversation for, but I, I do want to go back to, to the, the time of the back injury because last year, uh, 2016 in January, we're hearing about there's going to be a Jimmy Kimmel appearance and we're hearing about rehearsals in secret locations in California. And when you were, <laughs> when you were rehearsing, what was the understanding? Were you, were you, were you rehearsing with, we're going to go on the road and I'm going to do three songs. We're going to go on the road and I'm going to do 10 songs. No. We're going to like, what was that understanding had you not injured your back, what would have happened? Okay, the understanding was I was going to do all the appetite, the lies, and three or four of the uh, usual illusion songs. And then Frank, who was a wonderful, awesome guy, and he was going to do like the Chinese Democracy and a couple of the other. Um, the covers. And, so and- it was like I was going to start it. He was going to come in the middle, and I was going to end it. And I was cool with that. I, I mean, even a psychic, like about nine years ago in Australia, I talked to, she said, you're going to be back with him, but you're going to share the stage. And I was like, oh, that's cool. As long as it's not Matt Storm, I'm fine. But boom, just kidding, Matt. I love you. No, no. But, you know, <laughs> just from a fan, strictly as a fan perspective, I actually like that idea. You know, I've seen the Frank uh, lineup, or, or you know, Frank when Bumblefoot yeah. was there, and D- he's a wonderful drummer. He's a wonderful human being. Yeah. I've spoken to him. There's nothing. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Frank. And as a fan, I would no. love to have seen you do your era and him do the other stuff. I, I yeah, would, I thought yeah. that would have been cool. Yes, I only heard. Dude, I I was ready to do the Troubadour show. Like I said, I was been playing like 25 songs twice a day for like almost completely two years every day. So I was ready to go. And then just the second rehearsal, I came into rehearsal in January, February, March. And the fucking second day, I just stretched. All I did was stretch. I put my arms in the air to go, oh, stretch, you know? And I go, I just did something. And then we played another seven songs, and then my back was really sore. And I came home about eight at night, and then by midnight, I couldn't even stand up. I couldn't even, I couldn't even, it was just terrible. 
So I was oh, I know. I've had the back pain. Like, I was out. I was out for two weeks, and then I got you know, uh, I got the epidural after about a week, and then I I I, I had the surgery about two weeks. I was ready when they did the tubular show, and Dove called me up, and or I I Dove called me and said, "Dude, you're not gonna." You're not going to play with us anymore. You're not going to do these shows. And I was like, you're the worst fucking person in the world. And I hung up on him. And I said that. I called, I texted, called him back and left a message saying, I'm so sorry I said that. When I said that he was the worst person in the world, I didn't mean he was because I was thinking I was the worst person in the world. That I couldn't even fucking get back with my fucking guys after they gave me this opportunity. But I said it to him, and when 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 you have you know when you're you have resentment, you say things that you know that you're feeling. And I was feeling that about me, and I said it about him, and I couldn't apologize to him enough because he knows I love him more than anything. And and I got to apologize because obviously I seen him last year and we did shows together. Uh, let me and ask you this: he, from was, a... I, he understood, right? But let me ask you this from a, from, from a business perspective, because I think sometimes the fans um, who don't understand all the intricacies, and I'm not suggesting I understand them all, um, they think it's, well, Duff doesn't like Steven or Slash. But there is, there is the no, component no. Of, of, of tour insurance, and you know, all of a sudden if they say, well, we're going to have a drummer who has a back injury who might not finish the tour – you know, promoters and, and, and the insurance company gets a little nervous and says, that, that, well, it, for one, there's no insurance shit because we had already, they already had Frank. So right, if okay. God forbid I couldn't do it, okay. then there was Frank. So okay. it's not an insurance thing. They just didn't give me an opportunity. You know, it's, it's cheaper to just have Frank. I mean, they were only paying me uh, not that much. It was really, I was doing it because, thank God, I don't need the money that bad. I was doing it because I want to play with them, and I want to play for the fans. Because Frank is a great drummer, but he does not play the way Steven Adler plays. And Steven Adler doesn't play the way Matt plays. And Matt doesn't play the way that Frank plays. Every, we all have our own style, but my style are, is the ones that are on those records that everybody grew up listening to and have memories to. So when Frank's playing those songs, he's not playing them right. He's just really a great timekeeper. I mean, put it this way, they're playing Brownstone. I didn't know they were playing Brownstone until all of a sudden they started singing the chorus. We've been dancing. I'm going, that was Brownstone? Brownstone, you know, instantly. I came up with a kick-ass group. You know that. And I'm standing going, what song is this? So, but like I said, we all have our own styles. And the songs that I played on, and even the Illusion ones, if you watch the Roxy show I did in Argentina, that's how those songs go. Oh, yeah, I, I've watched it. That's a, that's but, a great video. You, know, you got to go to YouTube and check that is. out. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it so, is what it is. <laughs> now, so what is your standing in terms... Because you, you did a bunch of other shows. You, you, you did the L.A. show. You did some other stuff. Uh, and then you did yeah. the South America. Now, the South America one, that one, again, I'm going to talk just as a fan, puzzled me that you're, you're flown 3,000 miles or whatever to do... 3,000? 3,000? Three, yeah. uh, what, what was that? I lost... 15,000 miles. Dude, <laughs> I got there. I got there. And I got my, my wife, all her family, you know, her parents, her sisters, 
the, the sister's babies, the mother, the aunt. I got like nine of them. And I, I was up there and I was ready, you know, ready to go up. And Axel says, what the fuck is he doing here? He's not supposed to be here till tomorrow. So I was like, excuse me? I just flew 15,000 miles. So I made a few more songs, and they, I came up, he came up, I played one song, and they turned the lights out on me. I went back behind a drum riser, and I was like, what the fuck? And everybody in the crew came around and started hugging me and going, dude, we love you, Steve, it's okay. I, I mean, like the whole crew, there was like 20 people came and was hugging me. And then the next night, I did one more song again. And other parts... Um, I don't even want to talk about it. All I know is the best part of it was me and my wife got to be together with her family for the first time in 16 years. But I've seen her family and she's seen her family, but we never seen them together. So that was great. And the Roxy show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they asked me to go to, to, to um, which I, I, I obviously misunderstood, to go to Australia and uh, Japan, and I think Thailand. And then um, I was all, yeah, I would love to do that. And But then they found out that it was either one. It was, you can either come to Australia, or you could talk about, or you could go to Japan, or you could go to Thailand. And I said, oh, I, I can't I can't do that. But like I said, I, I got some closure, and I'm thankful I got to do what I do. I so- love those guys. Yeah, yeah, and, and I and I don't want anybody to 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 who's listening to take this as being we're bashing or it's negative because I really don't think it's oh, negative no, at all. Oh no, no, yeah. no, not at all. Please don't. I mean, I love those guys. It is what it is. You know, I wanted to be what I wanted to be is the five of us, and what Axel wanted to be is what he wanted to be, and I respect him for it. I'm just glad I got to be a part of it for the good part when it was fun. And exciting. Yeah, and, it was and, magical when we were together. Even back then, even our worst show was great. <laughs> you know, it was just magic. It was very special, and I couldn't be more, you know, feel more blessed or thankful that I got to be a part of it. I'm more proud. I'm proud. I'm gonna die proud. I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, and I and and I like I told you before, I, I saw you open for Aerosmith at the uh, Saratoga Performing Arts Center in New York years ago. Yes, and I remember getting there because it was the permanent vacation tour or whatever, mm-hmm. or one of those. And yeah, that was it. And I got there, and and I and and they said, uh, you know, who's opening tonight? And they said, oh, it's the Guns N' Roses. And I went, who the hell are they? And they said, oh, it's the next big yeah. thing. It's the next big thing. And I went, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, it's the next big thing. And yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you guys destroyed, and I was like. Oh yeah, okay. That might be the next. Bit. Like I just remembered, there was this piss and vinegar, oh, yeah. and somebody yeah. threw a bottle. Of I Axel knew we and, went, oh. when we yeah. appetite. Every time we record a song, and then we go in, into the monitor, into the, the boardroom, and we listen to it. And every time, we, every time we did a song, I go and listen. I said, "This is gonna be fucking huge. We're gonna be so fucking huge. This is so great." So I, we all knew it was gonna be something. It just took a little bit, to, you know, to get out there. <laughs> Now, I, I want to go back on, on the word you used before closure, because I, I know sort of psychologically speaking, that means that you sort of come full circle with an event and all that. But does it mean closure on the band altogether? Like the band's coming, for example, to Montreal in August. Uh, is there like zero chance we'll see you ever again? 
or is there, well, hey, if they call me, I'll come out. I mean, how much of no, a closure-closure are we? It, okay, I have closure to where if they want to do it the right way with the five of us, and like I said, I'll share the stage with Frank. I don't care. You know, as long as I'm there, you know, doing my songs, I don't care. Um, if they want to do it to five of us, I am there. I love those guys. I'm proud of what the five of us, and since the five of us are still alive, I think five of us should play for our fucking fans. Yeah, I Give them what they want. I mean, I live a beautiful, comfortable life because people, all five of us still love our music. And that's every musician's dream is to make music that people love. Not just for a week or a month or a year. This is 30 fucking years. And people, st- I, every time I get in the car, one of our songs, and I go, actually, I go, okay, there's 25 cents. <laughs> yeah, there, there's my uh, my mechanical royalty. But um, yeah, there's uh, my twenty five cents. Yeah, <laughs> let, um, let me take let me take Izzy out for a second, just just out of the equation, because we all know that Izzy's the heart and soul, and he and he's he's the great songwriter. And, and there's no no no, no I'm the heart, <laughs> I'm the heart and soul. Right. Uh, well, he okay. is the cool. He's the key. Oops. Now the. The, the phone keeps dropping out on me here, so I'll be careful on this. But um, uh, uh, Richard Fortas, though, uh, I've seen Richard with the band for 15 years. You have to give him his due, right? I mean, he, he's a good oh, performer. God, he's yes. a good, okay. Richard is awesome. Dude, did you yes. see him with Cindy? Yes, of course. Oh, my God, with Alice Cooper? Yeah. Dude, Richard rules. I, I, Are you kidding me? Okay. It was so freaky to be on stage with him because he looks like Izzy. Like from 10 feet away, it's Izzy. I'm, all, I'm playing. I'm going, yeah, oh, holy shit. That looks like Izzy. But it's not Izzy. Izzy doesn't play like that. But Richard's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he I did. Love him. Actually, actually, we even wrote a song together uh, backstage after a show or before the show once. Well, okay. So let me talk about that because you're writing songs. Um, will there be another Adler solo album? And and no, no, no. You're done with Dude, all that. Rock and roll doesn't sell unless I get into a band that's already established. There's no point in doing it, dude. It's such a pain in the ass to fly all over the world and you play little clubs or bars and and. Dude, I am tired of, I am so tired of driving up to the show, to the gig, and going, like, I have a pair of dice in my hand, and I go, come on, seven, let there be people here, come on, I walk in, I go, fuck, snake eyes, there's 20 people, not the same, so unless I get an established band, there's no point in doing it, there's no money, and my whole goal is to play for as many people as possible. Don't get me wrong. I love and appreciate playing for that one or ten or a hundred people. I was thankful, but you know, I want to. I want to do it right. Yeah, and also, you know, the the effort required because neither one of us are in our twenties anymore. The effort required to get on a bus and and slug from Kentucky to Missouri to you know North Dakota. Well, the the bus the part is cool. The bus. Yeah, but it's still hard on the back like and the shoulders and the neck. And you know, you'll fly to New York, you'll fly to you know Kentucky, you'll fly to Detroit. You know, and you do two shows, 
they make 200 bucks and you come home it's like no 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 it's not worth it yeah no it's it's a real shows. It, it it really is um you know, and I know you, I know you probably have to go in a minute, but do you think at any time we will see the five guys again, even if it's one song, the national anthem at the Dodger State? I mean, under any circumstance, the Super Bowl would rule. They're well, that would be your Super Bowl. <laughs> now that would be a I real reunion, right? That would be a spectacle. Dude, that would be huge, dude. If the five of us got back together, there would be the biggest reunion tour. Ever in rock, unless John Bonham came back to life, or Jimi Hendrix, or Jim Morrison, and now uh, the, the keyboard player. Yeah, John but Paul the Jones. five of us are alive. It would be the biggest thing ever. I mean, people would be so happy. It would be like an event, and you know. And maybe that's what it if, should if be, it, though. Maybe it should just be like an event. Could be like that's what it could be. Yeah, but that's not what it is. You know, next year's Coachella or. Next year's Rock in Rio, just one special, you know, two hundred thousand. Well, I was, I was, I asked, I, I asked Slash if he would ask, talk to Axel about that. Like in July, three uh, years that Appetite came out. So I was thinking, why don't we just do like four or five shows at Red Bull, play all of Appetite from front to you know beginning to end, throw like Civil War. And maybe you know something off of uh, like like patience, and record it, videotape it, and that's it. If that's what all you want to do, and if you guys are if they're if Axel's happy after that, then we could do more. Yeah, and, well. and you know, but I thought that would be really cool. But you know, that's my idea. If it was up to me, it'd be a different story. But it is what. God yeah. damn it. it it is what it is. What what a great saying that is, and you know it's it's um, you know, it, well okay. Let, let's let me let, and well I'll finish with this then. Uh, you know, Axel has done <laughs> Axel's done ACDC, and Axel has done the band for a while. But you got to give him his due in the sense that he is sounding right now, 2016 and 2017, probably the best that he sounded in the last 15 years. Um, the, dude, the, 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 Axel fucking rules. I agree. Are you kidding me? I agree. He's a fucking rock guy. Yes. He's fucking he, the, his lyrics. How many? How many people can put their feelings into words so poetically and it's so profound? Okay. No, we Robert Plant, Steven Tyler back in the day, but no, Axel Rose, dude, is the main main man of rock singing, dude. Oh, yeah, I love him. I, like I said, I am so I'm proud of the five of us for what we did, and I'm thankful. I'm so glad I got to live my dream. I'm the happiest I know. Now that I don't drink or do hard drugs, I'm the happiest I ever been. Yeah, yeah. and I now I now that I'm not drinking and, and partying, I could I haven't done drugs since 2008. It's been three years since I, I drank, um, and it's been it, I've never been happier. Now I could appreciate what I I was blessed and, and and able to be able to accomplish with those guys. Very proud. Well, anyway, we're, we're, uh, I don't mean anyway, but I mean you, you've got to come out to a, to the to the shows in Canada this year. I, I need to see you one more time. It's been right. since God, I guess uh, I guess it was the Aerosmith time the last time I saw you with that lineup live. I guess right. <laughs> yeah, like thirty yeah. years. Well, the last show I, the, the last show I did with them was when we did Farm Aid. 
That's right, yeah. And that was that was a great. If you guys, if anybody you go on YouTube, you watch that farm race. We did that song down on the farm. Yeah. I never in my life till this day I have never heard the original version. I had no idea we were playing it. I had no idea what was going on. But if you watch it, it kicks ass. I was like, holy crap! That's how good we were. We didn't know what each one of us were doing, but we were doing it together. So it was great. Yeah, and then, of course, magic. Farm Aid had your performance of Civil War, which was... Yeah, but that was before I recorded it. Right. And so it, I didn't have it completely down. If you notice, it's a, it's a little different than the record version because we only had, we've only been playing it for maybe like a week. You know, so we were still getting our parts down. Yeah, but it But did. it was great. Yeah, it, it was it, magic still, see? It still worked. It still worked. Well, that, see, that's the thing about the original five guys is that a lot of the shows weren't perfect, but that's the, exactly what you wanted because there was this element of surprise, this element of rawness, and it was a real live show. And Yeah, that's it, rock and roll. Yeah, and you live. can't... You, we go in there, this is what happens, this is what you're going to get. God knows what's going to happen. Let's just have fun and kick ass. Yeah, and that's, and you know, yeah, because last night I saw a show and... There was a singer and a drummer with an electronic uh, drum kit and two keyboard guys. Well, not keyboard guys. They had Apple computers instead of a bass player and a guitar player. And I'm my like, God. I'm like, how I... is this a rock show? <laughs> like... No, I don't like See, I don't, that, that, you know, you want to, I hate that, dude. That is the worst. I mean, you want to, you know, I practice every day. I would go to parks and play. I would go to empty warehouses. I would go on top of Mulholland and drive. And to set my drums up and practice every day and believe in myself and pay my dues. You know, I feel like I, I feel like at least I, I've earned to be able to play music. I don't like when people are making on computers other people's music and putting it together. No. <laughs> I want to see real music. I want to see screaming guitars and fucking explosion drums and booming bass. And some guy with the raspy voice is just angry, like Guns N' Roses. <laughs> exactly like Guns N' Roses, the, the world's most dangerous rock band, and, and shall remain. Now, uh, we did we did set this up here to talk about uh, the books we child of mine. So let's let's not forget to mention that that it's uh, how I lost no, my son my to Guns N' Roses. I'm so thankful. My yep. mom did so great, and I'm so proud of her for doing it. And it's a, she did a great job. You know, and like I said, her doing that, getting that all out of her system, she has closure now. And now she's on a new chapter of her life, just like myself. And it's a wonderful feeling. Well, you know, the other wonderful feeling for fans, for myself, you know, is there was all this sort of acrimonious stuff about Steven and his mom. They don't like each other. They don't talk. And then here you are doing the, the press junkets together. You're on, her, what was that show out in L.A.? L.A. Today or whatever it was called. And, it's, yeah, it's good, just day LA good, good day LA, and and it's just nice yeah. to see that it's it's you know as we get older, it's, it, you can't hold on to grudges forever, and it's it's just nice uh, to I, see family back together, and you know, it's well, it's it, it was part of the resentment that I had towards her. Plus, how many teenage kids like their parents? You know, not many. <laughs> well, when I was growing up, teenage, yeah. you know, teenagers didn't like their parents. And I want. I was very outgoing. I wanted to do my thing, but the fact is that was the whole resentment. Human beings are the only animal 
that punish each other for a mistake they made. They'll punish for one mistake. They'll punish each other hundreds of times. When animals, let's say coyotes or wolves, one of them messes up, they jump on him, he scores away, and then he comes back a little while later and it's over. It's not like a week later they jump on him, on the, on him again for what he made, the mistake he made a week ago. It's like, my mother's old. She's going to die one day. That's just a fact, okay, unfortunately. And I don't want to have no resentment towards her. You know, I'm too old. I, I want to move on with my life. I yeah, yeah. Closure and moving forward. Yeah, I can't live in the past anymore. I did it for 25 years, and it was majorly destructive to me. And now, I'm, I like I said, I, I have... Uh, I got a billion pounds lifted off of me. It's wonderful, dude. Yeah, and of course, and uh, I'm very proud of my mom. And and we don't want to fail yeah. fail to mention your brother Jamie. Jamie has been uh, very supportive and by your side for for many many years. He of course has his own management stuff with his artists and his bands. And it, you know, it's just nice to see all of this and everybody. And it's, it's you know, it really is. You know, he's doing so great because. You know, he also got sober about like eight years ago yep. or nine years ago. Yep. And and we actually, after me, my mom, and Jamie, were, we've been going to the gym every morning. Well, we went after that, we, me and my mom went shopping, and then we went back to his office, and we were hanging out. And that's when he told me to call you. And I was like, we were hanging at his office. And he says, oh, dude, call Mitch up in Canada. I'm like, oh, Mitch in Canada, of course. So <laughs> it's, it's nice. I mean, dude, resentment sucks. I don't want to hate people. I don't want to hate my family. I to move on. We've all made mistakes. Gives a shit. Yeah, no, that's yeah, well. You know what? I, it, yeah. The theme is it is what it is, right? So, so there you go, Stephen. That's the theme. That's the theme. It is what it is. Yeah, and you and can't live in the past. Like I said, the only thing that matters in the past is yesterday. If I do anything that today I'm ashamed or I have to apologize for, and no, so it's a great day. It's a great life today. I'm going to live in heaven and not hell. I'm going to give white magic and not black magic. Yeah, and uh, I got love to give. I got love to give. And and do you, and and hopefully you'll you'll give us some more live performances and some more because it it, it would be a shame that you just sort of sit on the sideline for the next ten years or whatever. It, oh no, there's no sidelines, dude. I'm not. I was on the sideline 25 years ago. So I'll do something. I love playing drums, so, you know, something's going to come up. But, um, you know, God has his way of, you know, working things out. And I'm just going to, my, my, the saying, my, uh, the saying for the year is, my saying for the year is, no worries, brah. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I'm really doing my Hawaiian brothers. My Hawaiian brothers, you know, I was in Hawaii for a while, and they're like, no worries, bro. I would tell him my story, and you're all, dude, you're in Hawaii. Chill out. No worries. No yeah. worries, bro. So that's my that's the saying for myself for the year. Anything comes up in my head that I, I get goofy about, I go, wait a second. No worries, bro. And yeah. I move on. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been to Hawaii, and that really is like the greatest place on earth because there really is nowhere it's just like eh, dude it's gonna be you know well, 80 degrees today i Go haven't have some... been to fiji yet i heard fiji's pretty freaking cool i haven't been there yet that's the next place well, you know what? We'll we'll we'll, have, we'll we'll go to we'll go together and 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 just chill out on the, on a nice beach. But because it's you know, especially up here in Montreal, I'm sitting in in you know five feet of snow today. So, oh, I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> I know. It's been nice and sunny here in L.A., but it's going to rain tomorrow this weekend. Oh, well, but yeah. My, my, all I know is my heart bleeds York, for you. <laughs> people in New York are six feet of snow, and I'm looking at a beautiful view of the Universal Studios. And <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not great. The, it's not the exact same thing. Uh, Stephen, always a pleasure. We'll, we'll we'll definitely have to do this again. And uh, you know, listen, if you ever if you're ever up in Montreal or Ottawa, you know, just call me up. You're taking me out for dinner. Yes, a I am. Nice that's right. Dinner. I want a nice Montreal dinner. Yes, absolutely. Dinner's on yeah. me. I that that is a thanks, big so much, brother. And it is on it is on tape, and the world will hear it. And yes, absolutely. Hello, right. world. My, my, my no pleasure. worries, world. No worries. No Rob. worries. <laughs> Stephen is back. Stephen and, of course, uh, his mom. Uh, the book is out. And uh, you've done the Guns N' Roses shows. Life is, I guess, perfect at this point. Yeah, well, I, I got closure, and that's a big deal. Also, which I want to mention, it's really funny about my mom's book and my book, because in my book, it, you can read what I was going, what I was doing going through that was putting my mom through what you could read in her book. So it's kind of funny that you could see what I was doing that was making, that was, you know, that was hurting her and putting her through this, and you could read that in her book. So it kind of matches up. It's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> unintentionally, that, unintentionally, too. <laughs> but just speaking of that, since we do have sort of this A-B of the story, you know, um, would you ever consider proposing that to a studio and making the life and times of uh, Stephen Adler and, and sort of using your book and her book as a basis and sort of gelling them together in, 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 a, in a teleplay? I haven't talked about that, but we're talking, I'm talking to some people right now about mine, doing a movie about mine. But that's in the talk, so okay. there's nothing, you know, nothing's written in stone. The uh, uh, what the Pharaoh has not said, shall it be written? Shall it be done yet? So once we, this, the Pharaoh says, shall it be written? Shall it be done? Then I will tell you more. Then you tell you more. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I mean, your your story from your book and your perspective is compelling as all heck. But I, I, I don't know. I just think the twist of adding both visions, sort of paralleling, it would be just like super interesting. But you know. We'll see. Oh, I think so too. But yeah, it's up to the people who you know buy it yep, and do go. it. I ha I will have a little say, but you know, I don't know. There's not there's nothing planned to to put anything on stone yet, so it's permanent. Right now, I'm just enjoying this beautiful day. That's all I got. Yeah, go <laughs> go enjoy that, and we'll thank you, Mitch, for thank talking you. with you. Have a good one now. Bye bye now. Cheers. I love you, brother. You. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Me night. too. Bye-bye. Stay -bye. warm. Stay warm. <laughs> yeah. Turn up the heat to 80 <laughs> in the house. <laughs> you got it. Cheers. Love you, brother. Thanks. Yeah, me too. Bye-bye. And there you have it, folks. My interview with Stephen Adler. There's really nothing to add. That was absolutely charming and wonderful. Uh, thank you for listening, and please check me out on Twitter, at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N. And with that, I bid you a fond farewell. Au revoir. Arrivederci. Auf Wiedersehen. I need to learn a few more languages, I think. Uh, bye for now.